Along with individual experts, Surgeon Masters brings you life improvement strategies in 10 minutes. These proven principles and strategies are easy to learn and can be applied immediately, allowing you to practice your best. Here's your host, Jeff Smith. Our guest for this episode of the Surgeon Masters Mini Podcast is Dr. Tim Terry, a reconstructive and prosthetic urologist from the East Midlands of England. As an associate professor, he has published over 90 articles of various surgical topics. He was an associate postgraduate dean in the East Midlands and the Surgical Advisory Committee Chair for Urology at the Royal College of Surgeons in England and Ireland. Welcome, Tim. Very pleased to be with you, Jeff. I understand that your main interest now is mentoring. You've been mentoring for the British Association of Urological Surgeons since 2013 and were awarded the BAUS Gold Medal in 2015. You have published in the Journal of Clinical Urology on mentoring for urologists. While there may be a few differences, my understanding is that the developmental mentoring and our surgeon master's definition of coaching have quite a few similarities. Well, I think semantics is always a problem between mentoring and coaching, but both use a directive framework and it's how you use it uh, that's important and it's common to both. So mentoring is crucial, I believe, when changing job roles. And the first year as a new consultant surgeon is arguably the most challenging of a surgeon's entire career since it encompasses a host of challenges all occurring in a short time frame that arise from relocation of self and or family, working in a new institution with new colleagues, teams, networks, and moreover, taking ownership of the whole process for the first time in your career. As a Royal College of Surgeons England lead for consultant appointments in the UK, my experience is that all new appointees greatly benefit from mentoring during this transition period. And I think here in the US, I suspect that this best translates into recommending coaching and or the model of mentoring you're referring to for all graduates in their first job, whether academic or private. I mean, I look think back on my first job and I think I transitioned pretty well, but I think there was a lot of things that I you know, could have done differently than make the following years more manageable. Yeah, I agree totally, Jeff. It's important to be very well aware what's going on. And and I think that applies to mentoring and the attitude to mentoring. Each of the consultant surgeon appointments uh, that I interviewed at over a three-year period, I routinely checked with the candidate whether they understood what mentoring was and what arrangements they had made to access it if they were appointed on the day. And I checked with them their understanding on the differences between generic and developmental mentoring, and importantly, on the use of using an online or an offline mentor. Interesting. We will share the reference to your 2018, or was it 2019 article in the Journal of Clinical Urology, so our listeners can review many of the detailed differences between generic mentoring or developmental mentoring, which, as I said before, it's, it has much in kin, akin to coaching on the, the developmental mentoring. Yeah, the article directs new appointees to access mentoring opportunities early on in their new appointment. 
They may use senior colleagues for generic mentoring in the form of advice, supervision, buddying, patronage, and even counselling. For professional development, they need developmental mentoring from a trained mentor who will work with them on defining short, mid, and long-term first-year goals. In some instances, a chosen trained mentor may be able to offer them both generic and developmental mentoring. The trained mentor may work in or outside of the mentee's department. And we use the term offline if they work outside of the mentee's department. And that's a key point. We have, we've seen pros and cons of both, though I've tended to favor coaching outside the department to more clearly separate the mentor or coach from the department for that first year in, in practice surgeons. What are some of the areas you find them assessing for their goals? Well, I think the biggest non-clinical one by far is work-life balance. And for this, they their daily self-awareness in the workplace and outside work is, is essential. The biggest clinical one, I think, is just that they say yes to everything with jobs and opportunities outside of the routine job plan. And of course, this leads to overload, can be exhaustive. And if they do get exhausted with this additional workload, it impairs their clinical performance. So I think it's important to be careful what they choose in terms of opportunities in their job, outside of their job plan, choose those opportunities very wisely. When and how should they find a developmental mentor or coach? I think once they're appointed and before taking up the post is the opportunity, they need to identify prospective mentors and approach them for an initial discussion to establish the suitability of the pairing and to formulate a mutually agreed contract which will identify behaviour and prioritise themes in early goal setting. It will also define housekeeping in terms of where, when, how, and the frequency of mentoring episodes. And who should be taking this initiative? I think it's a, it's a dual responsibility. The consultant appointment needs to be monitored and overseen by the appointee institution, but obviously the appointed consultant surgeon needs to have a view on mentoring themselves. So I think, you know, on appointment, but before starting their post, mentors should be identified and contacted by the mentee. The pairing should be compatible and they need to set up a contract which is formulated to direct responsibilities, behaviour, timetabling of mentoring episodes and agreeing initial performance goals. Excellent. Can you just repeat that. We like to drive home our messages. So can you summarize the next steps that those taking a consultant position or first real job in North America should do? Yeah, I, th I think the first thing is they need to learn what mentoring and coaching can achieve for them in the first year in practice. That's the most important thing to be aware of what it offers. Then they need to identify and contact trained mentors and coaches, and they need to do that early. And then the mentor they choose has to be compatible 
both with the mentee and the mentor. In other words, they need to be matched. And there's ways of doing that by looking at, the, at libraries of biographies, if you like. So mentoring has to be compatible across the duality, as it were. Then they need to set up an agreement or contract defining the relationship. And that's important. Uh, responsibilities, frequencies of meeting, and proposing, importantly, the initial performance goals. Tim, that's a great summary. Thank you so much for joining us and sharing that with our audience. Uh, it's a pleasure, Jeff. Thank you. There you have it. In less than 10 minutes, this is Jeff Smith along with Dr. Tim Terry until the next episode of Life Improvement Strategies for the Surgeon Who Wants More. Ciao. Now, take 10 minutes and put your plan into action to practice your best.